asking um, a keen photographer to do a talk about light. May have been a mistake, but um, we'll see. Have a look at this picture. And this one. Not, not one of my best shots there. That's the same picture. Same picture. What's the difference? Light. Light. What an amazing thing. It's actually where we begin. On the very first day of creation, God says, let there be light. And look at how John starts his book. If you'd like to turn in these Bibles to page 1063... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light has such an impact on our lives. In fact, as human beings, we depend upon it for our very existence. So when we look at Jesus as the light of life, what are we talking about? This first section of John reveals it to us. Jesus is the light that shows people God. He is the light that overcomes the darkness or lack of knowing and reveals God to us. John wants us to know this. Why? Well, we've looked at verses previously in this series. And this is the one, isn't it? This is the one that kind of sums up why John is writing this book. That we may believe and that we may have life. So this morning, we come to John's second chapter of this account that will, John hopes, bring us to belief and life in Jesus. He has finished this prologue, and he's going to start to reveal many acts 
of Jesus that will be signs for us to believe. He's going to recount a number of episodes in the life of Jesus where people see him, meet him, and then believe in him. We'll look at two of these this morning from John chapter 2. So if you'd like to turn to John chapter 2 over the page, then we will hear that read. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 litres. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. So, here we see Jesus acting in the community. This light, this understanding of God that he is going to bring, is shone into these two communities. The little village of Cana 
and the great city of Jerusalem. Look at these two lights. candle offers a warm, kind, gentle glow. It certainly overcomes darkness around it. It shines enough light for us to see clearly if there is darkness. It could almost be called an attractive light. We're happy to look at it, watch it. And that's similar to this first account, the wedding. Jesus is part of this community in Cana. He most likely, along with the rest of the small village, is invited to this week-long celebration. He's there. He's among family, friends, and in fact, those who are checking him out to see whether he might be the Christ, the Messiah. That's his disciples. He does an amazing thing. He turns water into wine. There's no mistaking that. Um, those of us that have tasted water and wine will know they're not readily confused. And this is not just any wine either. It's the best. And although Jesus performed this miracle, he did not act alone. Uh, the video clip showed it very, very well there. Notice the involvement of others. It required quite a large measure of belief and obedience on the part of the servants. But the result was that the glory of Jesus, the glory of God, was revealed. And we see at the end of the account that the disciples, as a result, put their faith in him. And this was Jesus giving out a light similar to the candle, I think. Approachable, enjoyable, comfortable even, but still giving out light nonetheless. And this sort of light can burn for a long, long time, slowly consuming fuel and giving off a consistent light to see by. The flash, on the other hand, is explosive. Perhaps a bit like the match that lights the candle. It is fast, quick to disappear, but it does a crucial job. In photography, the flash is used to deliver light to make an image. And without that flash, there would often be just darkness, nothing to see. But that flash 
can be blinding. It can be uncomfortable. It can actually be overpowering. And it can surprise us. And so it is with Jesus in this account at the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus is a Jew. He's part of the Jewish community. And he's part of a community of people that visit the temple. And what they go there for is to worship. They go to serve. Their act of service is to worship. Now this is a much wider community than at Cana. And there will be people from all over Israel. Jesus has probably walked around 70, 80 miles to go from Cana to Capernaum to Jerusalem. As well as that, there will be people coming in from outside of Israel who also recognize God and what he's done in this nation. And they will want to worship too. And the Bible often refers to them as as Gentiles. It simply means uh, non-Jewish. But if you were in that position, you were only allowed so far into the temple, into those outer courts. So you may have travelled a long way and come to worship God. And what would you find in this outer area? Well, you would be required to offer some sacrifices, correct sacrifices. And for this, there was a charge, quite a considerable one, because your money and your animals would not be acceptable. So a rather noisy rip-off market has been set up in the temple court right in the part where many were supposed to pray and worship God so Jesus is infuriated by this and he drives out the profiteers with a clear public showing of light bringing understanding of what is important to God Shining light on that situation instantly and exposing the greed of the authorities. Unsurprisingly, Jesus is questioned about this. And he gives them an unusual answer, which they just seem to scoff at, really. But John, in hindsight, remember he's writing this after the death and resurrection of Jesus. He lets us know at this point in his book that Jesus will die and be raised. Importantly, though, for us, I think, if we look down to verse 23, this flash of light, along with other signs, leads people to believe so we witness another group of people who have met Jesus seen the light that he shines seen God revealed 
and believe in him. So what are we to do now that we've read this? John urges us to believe. Recognize Jesus. Have life. I'm going to ask you two questions. They're not particularly deep ones. The first, the first is I'd like you to make a guess as to how many red M&Ms are in this bag. That's question one. And question two, what is your favourite song? What is your favourite song? Would anyone like to count red M&M's? You can eat some. Hopefully you've had long enough to think of your favourite song by now. I know I'd need a long time for that. 40. Anyone get 40? Yes? Okay, a few people did. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to pass those around, if anyone would like some, that's fine. <laughs> well done. Now then. Just, just let the plate go round. If, if anyone would like some, they can take some. Um, now, two questions. How many red M&Ms in a packet? We can sit down and work that out, can't we? Favourite song? Well, you've got a right answer. But quite possibly, not many other people share that same answer. And I can't come up to you and say, hold on, <laughs> that's not your favourite song. But I can come up to you and if you've said 38 and there's 40, it's like, tough, that's wrong, actually. There are 40. What category of belief does Jesus fall into then? Can we, like the favourite song, have many correct answers to who and what will reveal God? John, in his book, doesn't really seem to leave that open as a possibility for us. John records Jesus as being there at the beginning of creation. One with the Father God. Coming as the light of life for men. All men. All mankind. And in chapter 6 and verse 14, he records Jesus as saying, No one comes to the Father 
except through me. So if we in any way accept John's writing, then we have to accept Jesus as the only way to God and to life. More like the number of sweets in the packet rather than the song. There is a correct answer. And John says, Jesus is it. Maybe you've not seen a miracle. Maybe you've not seen Jesus. Well, can I encourage you to take one of these? It's a very simple booklet that you can start and use over seven days. See, see what happens. So where does this leave us if we already believe? Can we take anything more from this? We accept John's account. We accept Jesus is the light of life. Well, what then? from this chapter I think we can read this as followers of Jesus and those who seek to be like him to emulate him to do as he does to show to illuminate to reveal and to point to God we can be flashes of bright light exposing wrong Fighting against injustices, corruption, and evil. We don't have a mandate for violence or physical force. Uh, let me be very clear about that. Some authorities do the armed services, the police, the judicial system. We do not. And in this age when terror, and violent extremism are carried out in the name of a God, individual Christians do not have this authority. Jesus does not call us to this. As well as the flash of light, we can be the light of the candle. Constant, warm, attractive, revealing God as we act, speak, and live out lives of faith in the presence of those who have yet to see Jesus for who he is. I think that last bit is key here. In the presence of those yet to meet Jesus. So I look around this room. I see many, many of you, many of you wonderful people. People I know are lights living for Jesus, people I know who have taught me a lot and who I've learned much from. It's important that we become part of our community where our light will be obvious. I guess it's most obvious in darkness, the place of not knowing. If we want, like John, to see others believe and to live, then we must be engaged, active, doing things 
with those who've not yet seen Jesus, who've not yet been exposed to his light of life. If you're sitting in a dark room with no windows, you can't see any of the objects in the room. And even though the objects are there, you aren't aware of them because you're in darkness. However, if someone turns on the light, the things previously hidden are now obvious. Whatever we do, let us not get angry at people in spiritual darkness for not being able to see what is obvious to us. Instead, let us bring them some spiritual light. Give them the opportunity to see Jesus as the light of life. going to have a time of response and if you would like a small token to jog your memory um, up here there is uh, a candle and you can take a match as well Um, at some point not now uh, you might like to strike the match light the candle and pray ask God to speak to you about the light of life.